Welcome to the Beacon Way Podcast, where your hosts, Jennifer Christensen and Adrian Wilkerson, talk shop about what really works in today's digital marketing world. As the co-founders of Beacon Media and Marketing, Jennifer and Adrian have been a part of digital marketing since its early stages in the mid-2000s. Tune in as they shine light on what works and what doesn't in the ever-changing world of digital marketing for small businesses. Welcome, everybody. We're really excited to get started with you today. We're going to be talking a lot this month about your brand messaging. So This is our first part of a four-part series on brand messaging. The messaging is we consider a foundational part of your whole marketing plan. And so this is a lot of where we start because if you don't know who you are and who you're trying to connect with, there are a lot of, I would say, misses that can be avoided if you know who you are and who you're not and who you're trying to target and who you're trying not to target. So Jennifer and I are going to be digging into a lot of that this month. So this first one, we're going to start off with some pretty high-level questions that if you haven't asked yourself in your business so far, we would very strongly encourage you to stop, take a breath, and ask these four questions that we're going to be asking today and talking through and a little bit about our story and how we kind of bungled through this ourselves, I guess would be a way to say that. So one of the first questions that it's really important for you to ask yourself is, who are you as a company? And Jen, is there anything you want to jump in right off the bat on this one? Or you want me to kind of move forward with this one? Yeah, no, I'll definitely jump in. This is something that, like you said, I feel like we learned the hard way in so many ways, or we started off on the right track and then we, you know, got off track and then we came back. So I think who you are as a company, it's that, you know, the piece of emotional intelligence or self-awareness that Gary Vee talks about all the time that is really a critical key to you being successful as a company. And I think a lot of times we make it more complicated than it is. Like it doesn't have to be this high lofty goal of, you know, the way we think about maybe, you know, coming up with our values that we place on a wall in a business, you know, and, and those things. I'm not saying those things don't matter, but it really comes down to, you know, if you're a sole entrepreneur and it's you, what is it that you want your company to represent? Who is authentically who you are? Because everybody has a gift and something to give. And I think it's difficult sometimes you're so concerned about, you know, fitting in with everybody else in your industry or, you know, trying to do what you see other people doing that are being successful, that that can be one trap of, you know, looking at other companies from the outside and saying, well, this is working for them. So I'm going to try to mimic that. But it's the authenticity and what makes you different that appeals to certain people and appeals to the right people that you want to attract. So first, I'd say... If you're not in a place of self-awareness on a personal level and you're starting a business or you're a solo entrepreneur or those things to start with, that that's really key number one. And then once you really have an awareness of who you are and who you feel confident in representing to the world, then it's how do you want your business to then execute that? So the business is an extension really of the founders of the leadership. And then as it grows, that can, you know, completely morphs and changes throughout your culture as more people come into it. But first, I'd say you start with yourself and then 
the next step is then how does that get represented in my business to the world? Because most of us have a story. We have a reason why we decided to start down this crazy journey of starting our own business. I would venture to say that starting your own business is not necessarily a normal thing to do. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of risk. So what is your story? What led up to you wanting to start your own business? There's usually something that happens. And we talk a lot in some of our origin episodes and our first four episodes about like, for me, it was talking to friend after friend and family member after family member and just hearing their kind of often agonizing stories of trying to figure out they wanted to start a business or launch something and they couldn't find somebody to help them with graphic design and with their logo and with their website. And they were feeling frustrated and just hearing that frustration over and over and wanting to help was part of my origin story and how I started. So that was so much of who I was and what I was bringing to this partnership even was that wanting to help and wanting to be able to be a part of other people's journeys. And Jennifer had a very similar story, which is why this partnership has in part worked so well. But that story of why did you get into business? Why did you decide to be an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or all of those different pieces? There's a quote that I have framed in my home office. It always makes me laugh. And it says, entrepreneurism is jumping off the cliff and building the airplane on the way down. And that is so like, what made you want to jump off the cliff? What was that instigator? That is your story. And that is the core often of who your company is. Because like Jen said, that's what you are bringing to the table. And especially when you start, Jen put it so well, like you are the company. So you have got to be able to articulate your story. And sometimes that takes courage. Sometimes it's really hard because oftentimes we start these businesses out of not great circumstances. I mean, I've heard some pretty amazing stories of people starting businesses out of really painful times and really true heartbreak. And yet it has started something new for them and something beautiful, but it came out of the ashes, if you will. But that forms who you are, that forms who your company is, and that should always be part of your core values and part of why you started doing this. And so sometimes it takes courage, but it is really important to be able to articulate who you are, therefore who your company is going to be, and really then what is your story? And I just, I want to put a caveat in, I think we'll probably talk about this a lot because it just is so common and we struggle with it at at a certain point as well. And that is that, you know, especially if you come from a background of customer service or maybe have like a little bit more of a pleaser personality, you know, you want to, especially when you're getting started, you just, you want people to like you, you want them to to resonate with you. You want all business, right? Because you're just like, I just want everything that I can possibly get. You know, and there's a little bit of that in the beginning that you probably have to do where you maybe take on business that isn't the most ideal for you, but you're learning as you go. The the key thing is just to keep remembering like you're going to resonate and you're going to do great work and have great relationships with certain types of people and with people that resonate with who you are and you resonate with who they are. And so just always keeping that in the back of your mind that I mean, there's that saying of, you know, niche makes you rich. And I mean, that's kind of a crude way to say it because I don't think it's all about the money. But 
it really is finding what your place is, who you resonate with, your point of view in your industry to the world can have a massive impact. And staying true to that is absolutely core. It's going to be very tempting to not stay true to that. Because lots of other people will tell you or you'll see lots of other examples of, well, they seem like they're a generalist or they're doing it this way and they're successful. The truth is they may not be successful and they just look like they are. That can be a tough one to figure out who's actually doing well in your industry. Absolutely. Well, and I love that you touched on the niche makes you rich and that balance between you need to make money. But most of us got into this business because we wanted to help people, because we wanted to solve a problem. And I know it's not exclusive to women, but I know you and I have seen it more often in women business owners and women entrepreneurs than it seems like in men so much. But there's almost that fear around, I need to make money. I got to feed my family. I got to do these. But we want, we almost downplay the need to Mm -hmm. make money and and upplay the cause. And it's not that one is more important than the other. Jen and I have learned this, I would say the hard way, very much so over the years, that there has to be a balance. Because if we don't make enough money to keep our doors open, to pay our employees to be able to bring enough home that we're comfortable, then we're not going to have a business after a while. Right. You're not going to provide the best service because you're so freaked out and scared about money. There's a really great meme that, you know, I feel like it's been going around LinkedIn forever, but it's the, it's the story basically of a dad who saves, you know, really an older car for his daughter when she turns 16. And then, he tells her basically to take it to a pawn shop, take it to a car dealership, and then take it to a car show to like, you know, basically get three different offers on the value. And it goes from $1,000 to $10,000 to $100,000. And it's all based on the knowledge of the people who know what this car is actually worth. And that is absolutely one of the hardest things that I struggled with in the beginning was Mm -hmm. like I kept taking our services to pawn shops. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was just, they were reinforcing what I thought, which is that, you know, we had to be, I think we were like 90% less on our websites than our competition. And Mm -hmm. what we found out is that, you know, people really assume something is wrong if you're 90% less. And then the folks that you're going to appeal to, you know, they're looking for the cheapest offer. And if that's your brand and that's what you're going for, that's fine. But you better be efficient and fast and have low overhead if you're going to do that. And ultimately, we wanted to provide the best quality and excellence. And you can't do that and be the cheapest. Right. Those two things don't go together. So that was a hard one. I'm just learning that depending on the company and where they're at and their service, it can be that much of a difference. It can be from a thousand to ten thousand to a hundred thousand for almost the same service. Absolutely. That's hard to learn that to mm-hmm. really recognize that the market's going to tell you very different things depending on who you're talking to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Jen, I know you read a book, I believe, or maybe it was a blog several years ago, and there was some stuff that really resonated in there for you that really helped us bring a lot more form maybe or focus to our story and our brand messaging here at Beacon. And two of the things that really stood out to you was asking those questions of what are you for? And then also the flip side, what are you against? 
So tell us a little bit about your journey there, the impact those made on you and kind of some of your mindset shift in business with Beacon and with those questions. Yeah, it was so impactful to me. There's been, you know, little epiphanies along the way, obviously, that that have really helped me in my confidence as a business owner and I think just helped us actually really concretely establish our brand better. So I want to give a shout out and an acknowledgement to Pia Silva because she's the one that wrote the book and the blog and has a whole system that I highly recommend if you're at the beginning of your journey. She is, I think her name of her website is like Badass Brands or something like that. But if you look at Pia Silva, you'll find her. And she does such a great job of differentiating. One, people often think brand is logo and all of that. And it's not. Brand is much more about who you are and your messaging and everything we're talking about today. She does a great job of really getting down, helping people get to that niche of one, who you really are, what your point of view is in your industry, how you represent that, and then how you stand out so that you actually attract business and the right type of business. And one of her questions that just struck me so strongly was, again, not just what are you for, but what are you against? And we've asked clients these questions many, many times over the years as we're helping them find their brand. And it's really interesting because they find it much easier to answer the what are you against question. Mm. You know, sometimes they're not exactly, what do you mean, what am I for? I'm for integrity and I'm for, you know, good service and, you know, maybe some of those general things. But when you say, what are they against? That's when it gets really nitty gritty and it helps you actually formulate the brand. So for us, you know, we were against and we still are against what we would call shady tactics in our industry, or we're very much against, you know, not being transparent, not showcasing exactly the work that we're doing. We're against having an agency hold the work hostage for our client, you know, for clients and having the clients not be able to own or be able to take work with them. We're against what we would call any sort of black hat principles. This one was really tough because as Facebook really took off, there were so many, so many overnight shady operators, you know, which was just like the get rich quick schemes. And it was so prevalent. People were really drawn to that. Mm -hmm. It was hard not to go there because it was like, well, that's where the money is. That's what everybody's doing. But ultimately, that was what we were against because, Mm -hmm. yes, that's a quick fix, but it's not going to work long term. And we knew that. So just knowing that what those values are and things that you're against or things in your industry that you see happening that you're like, no, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it this way because I believe this is better for the clients. I believe this is better for the industry. That will help you actually formulate the what are you for if you're struggling with that. Even regardless, I think you should just do it anyway because it's a lot of fun. It helps you stay true when you're making those tough decisions. And we had a lot of moments of making tough decisions where it was okay, the client's asking us to do something that it just really, we can't do that. You know, that's not what we believe in. And so we need to let them go to a different, not that somebody else doing it is bad. That's just not what we want to do. Right. Well, and one that we laughingly, but it was true, decided as well is that we're against vanity numbers, right? Like vanity numbers, they can tell us a story, but typically it's not a story that results in good conversions for our clients. But it's something that's very prevalent in our industry that is even an accepted norm in our industry. And so like Jen said, another agency doing it isn't necessarily wrong per se. It's accepted in the industry. 
But we've gotten too much feedback from our clients, and we've seen it even from Beacon, that vanity numbers don't necessarily translate to conversions. And for us and for our clients, at the end of the day, if that phone's not ringing, if they don't have legit leads, it doesn't matter how great their vanity numbers are. It's true. So, in fact, it's frustrating, right? Absolutely. Because there is a place for vanity numbers. They are valid. They can tell you. They can be good indicators. Of indicators, stuff. yeah, absolutely. But, but you can't build a marketing plan. You can't build a marketing anything exclusively on vanity numbers. You can't project your business revenue. And that's what most right. business owners want to do is, okay, I'm trying to grow this much and I need something concrete to say, if I do this, then I'm going to receive this. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always work out perfectly, but they need a real guide. Not, well, we think if we you know, get you a million hits here, that's going to maybe down the road do this. Maybe. Right. You know, there are almost always going to be things in your industry that are normal, that are expected, that are established in the industry. But it's okay to be against those when you see that they're not necessarily helping your clientele. Like we have a client right now and they're in the mental health industry. And one of the big things that they are against are the stigmas that are in the mental health industry. And one of their missions I would say maybe even one of their main missions, besides truly helping people, is breaking through that stigma. So they are against that stigma. And that has become such a core piece of their brand. And they were willing to be courageous and take a stand on it, which not all businesses can afford to do, to be honest. But they decided this was part of their mission. And when they kind of identified that, man, this is core to who we are. And they're tackling really foundational issues within the industry, and they're going up against norms in the industry. And so you might have gotten into your business. You might have started your business because you didn't agree with some of the industry standards and some of the industry norms. And maybe that is part of your story. Maybe that is part of what you are against, because sometimes that is the instigator, right? Is you're so frustrated with stuff that is going on that you're like, this is wrong. I got to start my own thing. I got to do what's right. And so that sometimes your business is started, that spark is started because of what you are against. And like that, that can flip around to helping you answer what you are for because your business started off, you know, really wanting to make a difference. And that is just as valid as any other reason really to start a business, but really being able to call that out, articulate that and own that is really important because if that's where your heart was when you started the business, you're never going to feel right if you start to stray away from that because something's just going to feel off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're not... We'll talk about that when we did that, what happened to us. Like, it was not pretty. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next time. Yeah, definitely. So I think that wraps up today, kind of our first main four points on talking about really needing to establish who you are, what your story is, what you're for you yourself, but also your business, and what you're against both yourself and your business. And those are some of the core pieces to start with. And we'll make sure the links are for the different resources we mentioned are included in the podcast. But we really thank you for joining us today. And hope you come back and join us for our part two. We're going to be talking about target audiences and really digging into how do you identify their pain points 
and how do you connect with them? Thanks for listening to this episode of The Beacon Way. We hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give us some stars on your podcast channel of choice. For more information, tips, and notes from the show, check us out at beaconmm.com. For more information on how Beacon can help market your business, email us at welcome at beaconmm.com.